put the mug on his face. Hello, hello. Hey, oh, man. Arshmir. Wait, man. The last time we couldn't hear you. Now we have to look at you like this because you're all sidewards. <laughs> oh, wait. Is that better? <laughs> yes. All right. Give me a second. There you better. go. So what, what happened was after I, lit, I heard, heard the last one, I realized that the computer, uh, the microphone I was using for the computer was no good. Oh. So I switched to my phone. Which is much better. How's that? Much better. It's much better. The much picture quality, the sound, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Cheers, friend. How are you two? Doing good. Just, you know, um, shocked, uh, frustrated, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, given the recent, uh, as, as I told you, like me and Josh, we do take interest in politics and given what's uh, been going around and the part of the world we are living in how much involved or not involved we are in with that part of the world is just uh, a lot of questions unanswered, a lot of doubts. So hopefully this yeah. will be a good resource for us to exchange, you know, what we feel about this situation. I, I'm glad you reached out because, you know, um, just watching uh, the media the last week, there's so much misinformation, but also it's, it's very skewed from the American perspective and there's very little, uh, conversation about the how it's affecting Afghans and the Afghan diaspora. Diaspora, uh, yeah. yeah. That that part of the conversation is missing. So I'm really uh, happy you guys it, reached it, out. It, I, yeah, uh, and uh, I want you to talk about things. And one of the things that I that I realized in uh, the more and more I listen is the more and more I do not know. This is yeah. 20 years of uh, you know. Uh, uh, the U.S. troops being in Afghanistan, and yeah, so now that's, when you that's hear one people the... talk about it, sorry, I'm I'm going to get to it. And I'm going to yeah. let you talk. Yeah. Um, they're trying to fit in, you know, uh, twenty years worth of information in a six-minute segment on national TV, and the average listener doesn't know about a lot of this stuff because it hasn't been informed on. And one of the things I didn't even know is the, uh, what did you just say, Jag? The diaspora? Diaspora. I don't even know what that, what that is. So explain diaspora that. And, like and, and I'm going to stop you guys in it here whenever I know that I don't understand something because the average listener is not going to know those certain terms. So you have to know the definitions. That's it. And then I'm going to be yeah. quiet. Okay. So one of the biggest misconceptions that's, that's very prevalent is that it's being framed as 20 years. It's not 20 years. It's 40 years. The Okay. Just, I'm going to stop you. So 20 years, Josh meant the American involvement in Afghanistan. You were saying 40, it's 40 years. 40 years. Okay. In 1979, okay. it started. You can look it up. I want both okay. of you to uh, Google Operation Cyclone. Got, you want wait, now? can we, let's back up a second. What is diaspora? First of all. Okay. Do you want me to explain it, Ashmir? Or yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So diaspora is like when a major population belonging to a specific country or culture leave their country and travel to another place just to find a better life. So there were many diasporas that happened in the history. Uh, for example, the Armenian diaspora to France, where a lot of Armenians, they left their country, Armenia, and went to France because of what was happening in their own culture. So what we are referring to as Afghan diaspora is the people who originate from Afghanistan, but now are living in different parts of the world because their family, their family members emigrated at some point 
and now are living in different countries, but still they are connected with their uh, Afghan roots. I hope that makes sense. And I hope I did a good job in explaining. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, no, it does, it does make sense. I still don't understand what the repercussion of that is. So it's, it's a large group of people from the similar ethnic or country origin m- moving, migrating yeah. out of their homeland. So as, as Afghans, when I say Afghan diaspora, we're refugees. So m- we've had three, three waves of refugees and Afghan diasporas moving from Afghanistan. The first one was the Soviet invasion oh, okay, in 1979. Yeah. The second time, the, the second time it happened was at the end of the Soviet War, yeah. when there was a civil war, and then the the third one was the post 9/11, and now we're experiencing the fourth wave of Afghans flood of uh, fleeing. So uh, for the average, the, the average mind, diaspora is pushing the the people out of their own country. It's also it's 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 referring to the large group of people that come from a certain uh, loca- geo- geography location. So yeah. what's how does it differ from refugees diaspora refugees? See, well, diaspora, diaspora is the process. It's the process. Like when large groups of people they are moving. It's like see a diaspora is in place. The F- uh. Afghan diaspora is in place right now. Now the people who are coming will eventually get the refugee status. You know. Okay, so it's like a tadpole and then a frog, if that's a similar Refugee is more of a status that you achieve once you arrive at the new country. Diaspora is at the process, like traveling. Like I'm I'm traveling to get a refugee status to another country. I'm part of that diaspora. I think Ashmer gets my analogy there, right? (laughs) It's like a tadpole turning into a frog. I mean, that's the diaspora is the tadpole. I'll give you the I'll give you the Coles notes. Basically, diaspora represents the the group, large group of people that exist outside of their homeland. Okay. Okay. So it's a large. Okay. Uh, the Afghan diaspora refers to all the Afghans that are living outside of Afghanistan. Okay. All right. Okay. What is what is your main thing you want to to come out and say as as the very beginning? Well, like I said, we can't have this conversation without historical context. Yeah. You can't understand the, the events of the last week without putting it into historical context. It's just impossible. And that's what a six-minute clip on CNN or Fox News fails to do. It's, right. So our conversation has to start in 1979. In 1979, uh, the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. At that time, America, in response to their to their conflict with the Soviet Union, did not want Afghanistan to fall into the hands of communism. Okay. So what they did, Operation Cyclone, is they recruited they recruited Muslims from other countries to come and fight as a proxy war. Okay. And what is a proxy group, war? Proxy war is when uh, for example, America gets another uh, group to fight on their behalf on 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 a geographic location. So they like invite America. France to help out. No, but France. It's 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 like when when um, um it's America getting others to fight to fight a war, whether it's an, a, a war of ideology 
a war of uh, geography to, to fight the war, not officially. It's not officially on their behalf. Yeah. Have you heard of proxy settings in your phone? Proxy networks? No, proxy that, I'm trying to tell you guys, I'm an average mind. I have no idea. Okay. And I think, so I think let the me, majority let, of the people are like me. You so guys let me are smart. Let, yeah. let, me expl- let me explain the history of it, and then I think you'll, you'll, uh, it'll kind of self-explain. Right. So the Soviet Union uh, invaded Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. As a response, because that was a threat to the United States, Right, you have to understand where Afghanistan is located. Afghanistan is not located in the Middle East, as yeah. American media likes to say. It's Southwest yeah. Asia. Afghanistan borders Iran, China, Pakistan, and, Ru- and Russia. Right, yeah. so you can imagine yeah. it's surrounded by superpowers, and it's landlocked. Yeah. It's landlocked. What does so that mean? At that time, that means there's uh, there's no, no coast. way. No, no coast. coast. So there's no way out of Afghanistan unless you you enter other countries, uh, right? Okay. So it's surrounded. Gotcha. It's it's cornered. I got right? you. Yeah, it's cornered. Yeah, and so uh, the United States did not want uh, Afghanistan to fall into the hands of Russia just because of where it was located and the yeah. and the countries around it. So what they did was they recruited fighters, Muslim fighters from other countries. And they armed them, they financed them to fight the Soviet Union. This group was known as the Mujahideen. I'm sure you've heard of them. The yeah. Ronald Reagan yeah. termed, the, termed Mujahideen freedom fighters. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the, at the, end of the, uh, the war, uh, Russia, Russia left and uh, the United States left. But yeah. the people that were left, the people that remained were the Mujahideen. Right. And the the Mujahideen were not Afghan for the most part. Right. They came from other countries to fight in this war. Yeah. But they remained. Yeah. And eventually the, 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 the Mujahideen included Osama bin Laden, Mm -hmm. included uh, radical individuals who had a very skewed understanding, a very, fucked up understanding of, of Islam yeah. and their version of Islam that they wanted to spread. Extremists, pretty much. Yeah. I don't like yeah. to use that word, but sure. Yeah. And America left. So America did, was not interested in nation building at that time. Have you ever right. seen Charlie Wilson's War with Tom Hanks? That's a good movie for your audience to watch. It's, it's a very... It's a very biased movie, but it kind of gives you the foundation of what was happening at that time. And so Charlie Wilson was the one that came up with this idea. Let's fund, let's fund a covert war against the Soviet Union by funding and financing the Mujahideen. And so Charlie Wilson was a senator in the, at, the, at the time in the 80s. So what happened was the United States left. And you can imagine Afghanistan was devastated. It was destroyed economically, politically, and physically. And so it had no way of uh, healing itself, building itself back up. So Afghanistan was left alone by the entire world after the Soviet war. And what happened was between 19, when they left in 89 up to 1996, warlords 
took over Afghanistan. And then there was an eventual civil war. And the civil war, at the end of the civil war, the Taliban rose to the top, yeah. 1996. And by, by this time, Osama bin Laden was no, was no longer in Afghanistan. And around 1996, he was in Sudan. And the Sudanese government did not want him in Sudan. They didn't want him in Sudan. They wanted him to leave. So they offered him to the United States. They said, here, take him, right? He's a threat. Take him. Bill Clinton said, no, we don't want to take him. We just, just get him out of your country. And guess where he went? The perfect spot for him, Iraq? Afghanistan. Oh, Afghanistan. 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 Well, where did Iraq he originate from? Maybe I just missed it. Where did he originate from? He was born in Dhaka, right? He was born in Saudi Arabia. Was okay. he? Yeah. He was born in Saudi Arabia. So Osama bin Laden was trained by the American government to fight the Mujahideen. He left. No way. I never back. knew that. Right. That's crazy so, information. Right. I think yes. the majority so Google, of America doesn't know that. Google Operation Cyclone. It was the most $20 billion, the most expensive covert financed war uh, operation by the United States. Operation Cyclone. It will give you a great under, great yeah. context. Yeah. And so what happened, what happened was Bin Laden came back and he planned 9-11 from Afghanistan, a safe haven. He was protected. It was a perfect place for Bin Laden. And he was protected by the Taliban. Fast forward, 9-11 occurs. The United States goes in to Afghanistan to uh, uh, invade Afghanistan in the, in the name of fighting terror. And George Bush said the following, and this is very important because it kind of explains what's happening. Now. George Bush said, anyone who harbors terrorists in our eyes is a terrorist referring to the Taliban. So let's put this in context. In 2001, the Taliban, according to the American government, were terrorists, okay? So they went into Afghanistan. But this is after 9-11 or before 9-11? This is 9-11. This is, this is, this is 2001, post 9-11. After 9-11. After 9-11. In October of 2001, the Taliban offered bin Laden to America. They said, take him. Don't come, take him. George Bush said, no, we don't accept your offer. They invaded. After, after, so that's in 2001. 2001, they invaded. Any reason why the America wasn't so keen on accepting bin Laden? I, they, I, don't, I believe they weren't keen because they wanted to, to erode all of Al-Qaeda. They didn't okay. just want the head. They wanted the entire infrastructure. Okay. So, so that's why they went into Afghanistan. No financial uh, gain from going in, just oh, we'll reputable. Get, we, we, no, we can get back to that at, uh, down the road. So, 2011 to 2021, the war on terror. And I just want to read you a couple of statistics because what really pissed me off, what really upset me about Joe Biden's speech was he had so little empathy for the plight of Afghans and so insulting about. They basically call them cowards. So I want to read you a couple of statistics to give you an understanding, okay? During this 20-year war in Afghanistan, over 250,000 casualties, Afghan casualties, over 250,000, okay? 
Her uh, drug addiction increased by 300%. Between 2006 and 2019, over 25,000 bombs were dropped, 25,000 bombs. And you have to understand, Afghanistan is a little bit, is, is smaller than Texas, okay? 25,000 bombs. Can you imagine if 25,000 bombs were dropped on Texas? Well, it'd be a little different, wouldn't it? Because in Afghanistan, they've got all the mountains and all the caves, so you can hide from the bombs. So you got to throw more bombs. That's not more true. Caves. That's not okay, true. I'm, that's not, what, okay. That's not true. Yeah, I'm an average yeah. mind. You got to remember right. that. So 250,000 casualties because of these bombs. Let's keep this in mind. Okay. So physical, emotional. Wait, all 250,000 were from the bombs? 250,000 casualties. I understand, but they weren't all yeah. from the bombs. Because. You just said that. 250,000 casualties because of uh, bombs or any other casualty. Uh, correct. Okay. Okay. 3.5 million Afghans have been displaced and 2.6 million refugees. This is the impact of the war on terror on Afghanistan that the American media does not touch. They don't touch this. I wouldn't say the, which which American media because there's two American medias. There's Republicans and then there's Democratic. Neither, American, neither. You know, they push a different narrative. I'm so you, you have to understand. You have to understand they don't, something. Not all American. Which 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 ones are you listening to? So which? you have to understand something. Mm -hmm. Within domestic issues, there's Republican America and there's Democratic America. When mm -hmm. it comes to foreign policy, there's just America. There's just America. Yeah, the, but which, which ones the, are they following? CNN, the, NBC, ABC? Have you, have you ever heard any of the statistics I just read you? No. Well, I don't uh, know. I don't listen to the news that much. I read Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg every single morning, and nobody has ever these, told me. These, the, the, impact, the impact on Afghans and Afghanistan is overlooked. And it's something that's, that was very prevalent in Joe Biden's speech. He didn't even acknowledge the impact on Afghans. Okay. Okay. So now let's fast forward. So 20-year war. Joe Biden, number one, uh, as the senator, yeah. uh, voted for the war in Afghanistan in 2001 yeah. and voted for the war in Iraq. Okay. okay. So he was on board from the beginning. Under Bush administration, right? Under the Bush administration. Yeah. Correct. And under the Obama administration, Obama actually increased the number of troops into the into Afghanistan. Yeah. Now, correct. In in regards to what's happened, the so now we have context. Yeah. Now, in regards to what's happened uh, the last week, we have to start with Donald Trump. So, in 2020, Donald Trump uh, negotiated with the Taliban, negotiated a peace treaty with the Taliban. Guess who was missing at the table? Guess. Josh, Biden. you guess. Guess who? Biden. Biden. No. Afghanistan. 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 Oh, Afghanistan. Oh, he negotiated. Well, who he was he negotiated negotiating with the Taliban? With, uh, it gets even worse. He asked the Pakistani government to release the leader of the Taliban. Yeah, I know and that. He, nego he negotiated And he was in him. Guantanamo, right? He wasn't in Guantanamo. He was in Pakistan. No, the leader, the leader yeah, who, who is Barander. the leader now of the Taliban was in Guantanamo the, Bay. And he also got released, and I believe by Obama. Am I incorrect? Recently. No. no. So Barander, who, is, who people are experts are saying is going to be the, president, the new president of Afghanistan 
stuff uh, that's run by the Taliban. He was, he was, Obama asked Pakistan to imprison him. Donald Trump asked Pakistan to release him in 2018. Where did I, where did I hear that one of the, uh, le- the leader that is leading the surge right now of the Taliban, maybe he's not going to become the next president, but he's the leader, seen as the leader, was at Guantanamo Bay and did get released by Obama. I'm pretty sure I heard that. Maybe. I, I haven't heard that. So what happened was that Donald Trump negotiated with the Taliban yeah. for Afghanistan without any Afghan representatives. Okay. And here's what he negotiated. Okay, He negotiated that 5,000 prisoners, 5,000 Taliban prisoners be released from Afghan prisons. Yeah. He, negotiated, he negotiated that there would be a gradual withdrawal of American troops within 14 months. Okay, all of this benefits America. Nothing that was agreed to uh, is called the Doha Agreement uh, because the agreement was signed in in Qatar, Doha, Qatar. The Afghan voice was not represented in this agreement. It's kind of like your your house, Josh. Jag and I negotiate a deal for your house and you have no voice. And we just say, okay, here are the terms. Here are the terms and here are the terms we're taking over your home. I tell you what, it is interesting that you say that you just hear one USA because it does, it's so divided here. And it, here it's, we hear one thing, we hear another thing, you have to pick a side. But the narrative that still comes out seems to be like the bad things that you hear from this side and the bad things that you hear from this side. And that's what goes out to the world. Or maybe that's what the world reports that, you know, you, the USA is he, bad, basically. Very bad. <laughs> It you doesn't have matter the who's most, there. Josh, you have the most powerful army in the world. You and America invests more money into their army than in any other industry or, yeah. uh, or than any other country. Don't you think don't you think don't you think it's imperative to justify that kind of a budget by keeping them busy? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree that it's right. all for the money. I know. I'm from Peru, by the way. I just want to put I know, that out I know. there. I migrated yeah. myself over here. Now, not under the circumstances that you did, but, you know, under terrorist you know, threat, we left Peru. You know, not as much as what was going on over there, but, you know. Um, so, look, I'm not pro-America, yet I'm not anti-america either i think that i think that the american people are good the american media which is controlled by these powerful corporations is what is bad because we're not getting the information that is going that you guys are getting or that other places are getting that well go well, ahead what i what i would say to you is that our media is very much a carbon copy of America. Yes, we get CBC and Britain gets BBC and they're government funded and they're independent, Mm -hmm. whereas yours is corporate driven. So they have ulterior motives. But for the most part, this is independent research. This is looking at it far more deeper than what you see in the news. And, you know, we have an abundance of information. Information is easy to come by. Yeah. Right. You just have to access it and put in the time to, 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 to learn about the issues. Now, so. This is the agreement uh, um, Donald Trump negotiated. During this, so they negotiated February 29th, 2020. The, the, uh, the month following, 
sorry, let me rephrase it. One of the agreements was that uh, Taliban will not attack American forces, but there was no agreement that they wouldn't attack Afghan forces okay. because Donald Trump did not have the interest of Afghans in mind when he was negotiating this deal. He didn't. He didn't have. He didn't care. This was, this was about. This is about American, pulling the American solar and bringing it was about home, pulling right? the Americans and what can you get out of it? Yeah. And so what happened was the month and a half after that negotiation, 4,500 attacks against Afghans followed by the Taliban, 4,500 attacks. And in June of that year, uh, June 2020, in one week, they saw an increase of about 79% of violence towards Afghans, Afghan civilians, Afghan property, people of Afghanistan. So this deal empowered the Taliban, okay? It, 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 it made them stronger, right? They're like, we gotta deal with Afghan America. They're gonna move to the side and we, we can follow our objective. So when Joe Biden came into office, his hands, were, he was stuck with this deal. He was stuck because remember, 14 months was May 2021. So I will acknowledge that. I will acknowledge that. But here's where Joe Biden went wrong. Okay. Joe Biden knew when he got into office in January of 2021 that he had a deadline. He had a deadline. He overestimated the power of the Taliban. And so he was very lax. If you listen to his interviews in, from June, from May, he's like, no, I'm not worried. Taliban are not, I'm not worried. It's going to take months or maybe years for them to take over all of Afghanistan. Well, let me, let me interject here real quick. What, I mean, how do you deal with the, I mean, it seems like they were just like on the phone calling each other and being like, hey, so this is what we're going to give you and this is what you're going to give us and we're going to exchange a couple of refugees to each other and then, uh, by the way, then you can have the kind of thing. Like, obviously, there was a lot more substance than just them negotiating that way. I mean, what were the repercussions if you, if, if you, uh, if you rescind the deal that you made with Trump what were the repercussions? Nobody's talking about that. Right. So the repercussions were that the Taliban would, would go back to attacking American soldiers. So Donald, uh, so Joe, Joe Biden, Joe Biden ha had to make decisions from that perspective, from that situation, was that if we don't get out by May 2020, which, by the way, they extended it and they extended it till July, uh, the Taliban will will rescind. But where Joe Biden went wrong was that, number one, and this is what I would really want to talk to you about in regards to his speech, he made, in that speech he made a lot of excuses and he told half-truths, right? Number, so so first, first of all, um, the... He, he had to leave by a, a certain date, which he knew. Why not, why not get the 80,000 uh, interpreters and people who supported the American soldiers out within those six months? Well, why I, not expedite the process? Well, because, I, I would also ask, why not renegotiate the, the contract that they had with Trump? Why isn't that an option either? 
He could have asked I, for more time and say, hey, you don't mind renegotiating the contract? He was the president that I definitely did not agree with at all politically, and I'm not going to get stuck with this uh, particular date. I'm not ready for this date, and sorry. I don't, you know, I don't understand the movements or the, the, the conditions of the contract that Trump made with the Taliban to be like, okay, this is the agreement, and now Joe Biden, the new president, who's completely on the opposite side of the spectrum as far as politically, and, and he is going to just say, okay, that's the deadline, and he has no chance to change the deadline? I don't understand that either. Why was Biden so withholden to Trump's deal? So, uh, and I'm not yelling at I, you, I'm just excited. So. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, so let's say, let's say Elon Musk, who's the head of Tesla, signs an agreement with IBM, okay? Yeah. And, and after he signs the agreement six months later, he's no longer the, the the CEO of but you're uh, not Tesla. you're not is rescinding contract, the contract is, is that contract not legally binding you're, you're regardless who res- is- but you can't renegotiate the contract to say we need more time sorry we need just a little bit more time maybe keep asking for more time maybe. absolutely it seems like are, that, that's are- the reason that Biden just all of a sudden just whoop de doo we're out of here we're out of here and didn't tell hardly anybody and that's why everybody's panicking. If he had so, a methodical way to get people out, sorry. Yeah, Ego, so this, this, is my, this, is, this is the problem that we as Afghans have. You guys in America are bickering like school children in a playground. He said this, he said that. Your decisions impact the most marginalized people, the, most, the, the people that are in abject poverty, that have no power. So while you guys in America... Are, I'm, I'm, per, I'm Peruvian, by the way. Back and, back and forth. Joe Biden said this, Donald Trump this. These have real life impact. Regardless of the decisions that were made, they were made by all presidents. All right. Like I explained to you, it started with Jimmy Carter and it's all the way up to Joe Biden. And each president along the way has made decisions that have led us to the events of today. I it's, don't disagree with you. It's not, we, you can't look at it in four-year terms. I don't it's Biden's fault. It's, I'm, I'm it's, just trying to understand what were, or are you familiar with what see. the uh, negotiation, uh, like it wasn't just a piece of paper that says sign this contract with the Taliban. It's so the Taliban. Up, right. If you look it up, they, they had a strict agreement, 14 months, 14 months, and 14 months was May. So Joe Biden extended that. He was able to extend it. Yeah. So he, he did renegotiate. Yeah, he asked that was what I was trying ex- to say. He, asked he did for renegotiate extension. and he extended But what Joe Biden really did wrong is he, he underestimated the Taliban. He underestimated the Taliban. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is where, yeah, yeah. sorry, you finish really your point, then I'll ask. what really upset me about his, uh, his, his uh, press conference was he basically called the Afghans yeah. a coward. 80,000 Afghan yeah. soldiers have died have been have died compared to yeah. the 2500 US soldiers that's number 1 so Af- afghan soldiers have been fully committed to this war yeah. number 2 afghan soldiers have gone months without being paid and have gone with very little rationing of food very little rationing of food and and at times have been at the at the at the front of the war with uh, for months with little um, breaks so 
it, it really bothers me that he basically called them a coward. He's basically, Joe Biden basically said, well, we trained 300,000 people. We gave them the money. It's not all true. And does, does, the, sec the second thing that really upset me sorry, was gosh. he had no empathy, no empathy for the Afghans. Yeah. No empathy. Uh, you've been watching the news. People are jumping on planes to get out of Afghanistan. I, I saw that. That's oh, how dire the that's I how dire that. the situation is. Yeah. That's yeah. how dire the, the, the Afghans know what the Taliban are are capable, capable of. of. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I don't and I don't think Joe Biden took that into consideration the Afghans when he was making his decisions. Right. So I did listen to the the speech to the press conference you're referring to, and one of the statements which he said, and he also tweeted this very statement, was that our job for the past twenty years has been to uh, devoid Afghanistan of Taliban's. Once we did that, it seemed like this is the time to make the decision to bring back the troops. So what he's trying to say is what our objective was, what our achievement was, and Kamala Harris also, you know, retweeted this and agreed with this, was achieved. So he did not see any prosperity, any uh, profit in staying there for more. But what you're saying is that uh, he's he's neglecting the condition in which the Afghans were, and they, he could have helped them. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with America had to leave. The, yeah. the, 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 that's, I, don't, I don't think that's an argument. They've been there okay. for 20 years. I've, uh, you know, over 200,000 casualties, 26,000 yeah. bombs. Like, the, the, we're in agreement. American soldiers had, had to, to leave. leave. Okay. But in the situation, in the, in, in the manner that they left, yeah created a far more dangerous Afghanistan and a far more dangerous world. Basically, yeah. the decisions made by Donald Trump and Joe Biden have handed yeah. Afghanistan to terrorists, yeah. to the very people America was fighting in 2001. You've literally given a, a, an entire country, this is a terrorist organization's wet dream yeah. to run an entire country. When terrorists go to sleep, this is what they dream of, an, an American decisions has literally given them an entire country with an abundance of resources. Afghanistan has opium, yeah. has saffron, yeah. has, has an untapped uh, riches of minerals, yeah. lithium, lithium yeah. that we use for our batteries. It's Not untapped. to forget the geopolitical location of the country itself. And you've literally handed all of yeah. these resources to the so, Taliban. So that's why we were there in the first place, probably. Right. This is for the resources that Afghanistan has, not to save anybody from anybody for the resources. Let's just call a spade a spade here. Right. Well, you're going to say I'm not going to say that, but you, you are more than welcome. So I, in, a, in, a, in a way, don't you think, Rajmer, we've kind of circled back to the same problem. Americans came, as you said, to get rid of the Soviets. They did the proxy war. And now that they have left, they've kind of handed it over to the terrorists. It seems like so they the handed it. Has, yeah, correct. It's correct. still persistent. You know, you know. If you ask me, I think I think really the decisions were made post nineteen eighty nine when they did okay. decide to to leave. Yeah, I think it would have been a wonderful opportunity for America to stay in Afghanistan and help rebuild the country. Yeah, help. It, it it would have been it would have been it would have been a kind and noble gesture to help Afghanistan. I mean, Afghanistan pre nineteen seventy nine, a very socially progressive country. What you see today with the Taliban and how uh, oppressive they are to women and women's rights, 
That's not the Afghanistan my family grew up. That's yeah. not the Afghanistan that existed prior to 1979. Yeah. Afghanistan were, were, had choice, right? So we had women who were burqas and hijabs, and we had women who wore skirts. It was a choice. We had women in all facets of society, teachers, doctors, lawyers, politicians. We had a flourishing economy, a really healthy tourist industry. It was a, it, it, it was a vibrant place. The Afghanistan you see today is not, is a, is a byproduct of 40 years of instability. Mm. Right. How much, and, 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 and how much of the, and just going back to, you know, current, uh, how much of the costs um, that were not given to Afghanistan like you said, the army was uh, under malnourished and they weren't uh, receiving money. How much do you attribute that to the to the stimulus packages that the government has been giving out to the U.S. economy because of COVID? Do you attribute any of that or did that no. have a correlation from funds that couldn't be given there anymore because no, I don't funds think, had I don't to be think, focused here? I don't think they had anything to do with one or the other. When Trump made the made the agreement, this was this was like pre-COVID. Well, that's what I'm saying. But now, more st- the amount of money that has been given out. I don't know if you're familiar with how much the. I know, I know you guys. I, I'm very well aware. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Asmir, I I'm can't very see well you. aware. There you, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Asmir, like I really like this was a very interesting, heated conversation, whatever. But I really want to make a segue here and move on. So this was what we discussed about what's happening in the world, what we saw in the news. But now I want to focus on, and I think Josh agrees with this as well, but if you have any questions, feel free, on how you feel, how the past week has been for you personally. And I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, your family is involved. And obviously you're seeing this diaspora and how they are being treated by other countries, the refugees. Canada alone, I believe, took 20,000 last week. How do you feel about that and everything? Yeah, okay. well, uh, um, Ashmer, I just want to say it was a heated conversation, but it's a healthy conversation. You should be angry. I agree with that. 100%. I, I want to tell you something. I, I expect fastballs from both of you. I show up to the plate ready to hit a home run, and I'm expecting a fastball. So uh, the only way we, can, we could uh, narrow, narrow the gap between understanding the truth is yeah. to have difficult and complex conversations. It's a good thing. So I'm, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. The healthy discourse is very important for the development of uh, of uh, the, of everything. It's it's yeah. uh, conversations are important. Yeah. Um, I think I speak for most Afghan diaspora. We're numb. We are numb and extremely saddened that once again Afghanistan has been forgotten. Yeah. Once again, Afghanistan. At the end of the Soviet War, there was no mention of Afghanistan until 9-11. 9-11 came 20 years. It was kind of a routine, right? And I think, I think for the American public, you, uh, they also became desensitized to Al-Qaeda, Taliban, war on terror. And in many ways, uh, you know, the American public just wanted to get back to their normal lives. So kind of in the, in, in, within the collective consciousness, it was forgotten. And then all of a sudden this week, bam, it's back in the media uh, like it was in 9-11. And, but for us Afghans, it's never left us. It's never, never left us. You know, I, 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 watching those planes and the people 
jump on the plane. It, it, it really triggers my own trauma. And it triggers the trauma of many Afghans. I've, I've had so many conversations with Afghans. Many can't sleep. They can't go to work. It's, it's, it's affecting them tremendously because, you know, there's been a war my entire life in Afghanistan. The war started in 79. I'm an 81 baby. I want you to put that in perspective. My entire life, there's been war in Afghanistan. I know nothing else but Afghanistan war. And just what's happened this last week has been disheartening. And I just feel like we're starting the process all over again. The yeah. 20 years the American, American military was in Afghanistan and the $2 trillion they spent, for, for what? We're back, to, we're back to September 8th, 2001. All right? We've gone, into, we've gone back to the future, back what, to the what, past. To the people that you speak to, to your family, to your uh, to your family, maybe still in Afghanistan. Do you still have family in Afghanistan? I don't have I don't have any I don't have any family in Afghanistan. But, you know, the impact of social media is that you are you're transported to to the space through, you know, what people post and the stories they tell. Yeah. I mean, the news that's coming in Afghanistan is disheartening. They literally, the Taliban came in and they said, well, we're not going to harm anyone. We're not going to hurt anyone. We're just, we're just going to go to status quo. They've been kidnapping women. They've been forcing girls to get married. They hung an American interpreter and they, uh, they took away his children. The American government, the Canadian government, the British government, and all Western governments have to take a responsibility for what happened. Now, the 80,000 America is taking, it's not an additional 80,000. That's the 80,000 that they have promised to, to take. And the 20,000 of Amer- Afghanistan's, uh, Canada's taking, that's fuzzy accounting. That's yeah. the 20,000 they had already agreed to take. It's not anything additional. Right. So, right. so Ajmer, right. what, what my question was going to be, what is your family and your inner circle of, you know, y- your group of your We're loved hurt. ones? We're hurt. What, no, but what do you do? What, what should the USA and the rest of the world do about this? Or is there anything that can be done? Of course. Number one, if for all your American listeners, please contact your political representatives. Let them know you are displeased with what's happening in Afghanistan. We have to put pressure on our political representatives. That's number one. Number two, I urge all your listeners, please, the Afghans that are arriving on your shores for the next couple of weeks, months, and years, please welcome them to your communities. Please check in on them. Please. Now you have a greater understanding of the conditions that create refugees. This week, if more than anything, I, I hope it's shown the American public how refugees are made and what what impact it has on our country and on families so p- please i urge americans uh, you know just welcome them as much as you can into your communities they're they're, they're uh, on sunday they were living in afghanistan and on wednesday they're living in wisconsin or texas that has a deep psychological and emotional impact they've literally been snatched from their life Sure does. Sure does. Yeah. And, and yes, we will. Uh, look, I can speak for only myself and the people yeah. that I surround myself with. And I, I believe Jag is in the same boat, that, of course, that we will welcome them. Hopefully Canada will also welcome them if that's a place that, you Absolutely. know, that it will, yeah. you know, needs to be and, used. And, and hopefully the entire world, uh, you know, 
needs to be used. What I'm asking also, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Um, is what do we do right now about the people that are in Afghanistan right now? What is the right thing to do? Send more troops in there? Uh, well, fight off the Taliban? How, what, do you, what do you do? Well, number one, fulfill your obligations you made to the Afghan interpreters and all of those contract workers who supported the so Afghan. So get everybody Afghan. out. Get everybody fulfill, out safe. Fulfill your, fulfill your promises to them. I'm watching the news. They gave a first-class seat to a, a dog, a canine dog, when they could have used those seats for Afghan refugees. Okay, that's At number one. At least two one. or three for a first-class seat. Two or three yeah. children, for sure. Number number two, please help secure the airport so Afghans can actually uh, leave. Right now, a lot of the news that's coming out is the Taliban's not allowing anyone to go, get on the airports, get on the planes. A lot yeah, of these- and they're- and they're a lot of using these flights are leaving empty, half empty. Yeah, that's it. Really? Why are they leaving half empty? Because, because the, they're not. Because the Taliban's not allowing them to enter the airport. They've guarded the doors, guarded the planes, and everything. Yeah. So, they, have you seen Josh the video of literally? No, I've seen. I've clinging, seen. I've seen clinging yes. on an American plane. Oh, they they show it over yeah. and over and over. So I've seen it. There's small yeah. clips. Maybe there's larger clips with, you know, better information. It's horrific. It's horrific. And it's look. I don't. I don't have, I'm not against Afghan, Ashmer, I want you to know that I'm not against anything that you're saying. I just want to, and you're right, we're we're misinformed here in the U.S. You know, if we're listening to the mainstream media, we're misinformed. And I'm sorry about that. I apologize. You know, I, I, I have studied American history my entire life. I mean, that's, I have a great passion in terms of American history. And what I will say is that when, when I speak, I'm not speaking about Americans. I'm speaking about America. America, what, what is happening to the world, Americans are also kept in the dark. And this is very important. Americans need to self-inform themselves about what their government is doing in other parts of the world on their behalf, using their tax dollars, money that can be used for healthcare, education, improving uh, improving all aspects of American society are being used to fund these wars. Well, yeah, and, and, the, and the voting system down here is just ridiculous. I mean, it, people are just listening to nonsense. I mean, if you ask an average Democrat if they know any policies about any of the laws that they're voting this candidate into office for, you're just like perplexed. Like, they don't know anything, but for the most part. Some of them do, but for the most part in the masses, so all they do is these politicians, and they're in power, and they're just being like just – you know, just the, the the stupidest ideas, not stupidest, that they mean something, but the 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 you that the majority of the people They're that not vote, doing their due diligence. Yeah, yeah, do not know any of the policies or any of the stances of one party versus another. And that's a but, major, major problem. But but Josh, you also pinpointed a problem, which is this divisiveness between Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. There are issues that that are bipartisan. This should be a bipartisan issue. Regardless of regardless of whether it was Trump 
or Biden. The impact is, is, is universal. Yeah. And as an American, as an American, what's, what's happening in Afghanistan it should concern every, all of them. Should concern all of them, regardless yeah, I agree. of which. I mean, which, similar to COVID, COVID is in. the same. COVID is the same way. It's divisive. Like there's half on one side and half on the other side. Like the vaccine, but it doesn't it have be to be. It, it doesn't have to be. I agree with that. And not COVID. Uh, let's put COVID to the side. I'm talking about what's happening in Afghanistan. It doesn't have to be divisive, right? You, as a Democrat, you should be able to. Vote for Joe Biden, but also be critical of his policies. And the same uh, for Trump supporters, right? Yeah. There, yeah. you, you shouldn't you shouldn't just blindly There's space for humanity. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't just blindly yeah. agree with what your leaders do because you feel that's your team, yeah. right? But you, the Republican Party right now is slamming Trump. I don't know if you've seen any of that, but they're Trump, uh, uh, not Trump. Sorry, they're uh, the Republican Party. Yeah, slamming yeah, Biden. Yeah, it's. Yeah, they're slamming Biden, and the Democrats are slamming Trump. And the, and who's 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 well, gaining? Trump's not in it. Yeah, I don't know. That's the question. It, it, let, let's get back to some of the details. Yeah, because that's I that's do have where... a few things that I wanted to run by uh, Ajmer really quickly. So, um, like, I'm reading it off my phone, but it's saying that one of the major threats Afghanistan is facing right now is how Taliban is is um, treating their women population. Like the, and I'm also talking about like young girls and the women. And it's believed that if Taliban continues to rule and establishes the new form of Islam it's trying to project, it's going to take the rights that the women have right now away from them. Is that true? Is that a fact? So let's, let's deconstruct what you just said. Number yeah. one, what the Taliban are, are, are doing, it has no foundation in Islam. It has no, okay. this, is, this is antithetical to Islam. This is antithetical to Islam. Islam is practiced in Turkey. Islam yeah. is practiced in Lebanon, in, yeah. uh, in Jordan. You're not seeing, you're, not, you're, 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 you're seeing a group of terrorists yeah. who, are, who, who are using religion as a way to unite. But it has nothing to do with Islam. This is not, this is not Islam. Right. Okay. The, the 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 Taliban. This is uh, this is the scary part. They are going door to door, and they're taking girls and they're forcefully marrying them. They are killing women. But I'm going to say something. I'm so I don't know if you've been watching the news. There are women right now in Afghanistan who are protesting, protesting. In, the, in the face of Taliban. Yeah. That gives me so much hope. That gives me so much hope. Today is Afghanistan's Independence Day, and there's been so many protests going on in the face of the Taliban. And I'm so encouraged by by the Afghans in in Afghanistan. Are they uh, are the are the protests gaining any momentum towards? It's too early. Their side? It's too early. This it's too early. We're, but is we're, it too risky for them to even of protest? Course, of course, absolutely. That's yeah. that's the bravery of the Afghan soul. That's the bravery of the Afghan. So I also heard Af- one of the female. She was I don't know a minister or something. She, she the very first Afghan mayor, female. Something mayor, she said, mayor, mayor, she right? mayor of yeah. Kabul. Mayor of Kabul. She said like, "Come kill me if you can." You yeah, know, that's what she's like. It's, she's joining the because party. they don't want to go back. They don't yeah. want to go back to what it was. Yeah, Afghan was, women have Sharia made so law, much. Right? 
That's the other thing that American media likes to do. Sharia, Sharia law. If I asked any of you watching Fox News or CNN, what does Sharia law mean? It's, 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 a, it's a term that's used to incite fear, right? An American hears Sharia law, like, we don't want Sharia law. We don't want Sharia law. But if I ask you, what is Sharia law to you? Would you well, be able to describe it to me? What is Sharia law? Let, let me give it a shot. Let me give it a shot. Yeah, go ahead. Well, with the, just what I've learned from watching the mainstream media here yeah, in the USA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharia law <laughs> yeah. is basically uh, used against the Taliban to say, you know, when they are asked the question, the Taliban, uh, the question is, are you going to do anything towards giving women rights in uh, Afghanistan? And then the Taliban will say, yes, of course, we'll do it, everything we can under Sharia law. And then the way that the media spins it is that Sharia law basically means like women have no rights. So they throw that in there at the end. I just heard that recently. Yeah, no, that's so. bullshit. That's, okay. that's, right. that's, that's garbage. Sharia law are, are, are laws that are, that, are, that are prescribed from the Quran and Islamic teachings at the founding of Islam. Okay? But as we're talking 17th, 16th Century. centuries, maybe 13th. Yeah. We're way talking back. about way, way back. The way Sharia law is used right now, when you look at Muslim countries, Jordan does not have Sharia law. Uh, Lebanon is not sure, does not have Sharia law. Turkey does not have Sharia law. I just named you three Muslim countries. They don't have Sharia law. Sharia law is mostly used right now in, in most Muslim countries for family court, family laws. For the most part, that's how it's used. Now the term Sharia law, is big. I'm actually writing an article right now about Islamic representation in in film, and this term Sharia law is is so prevalent in America in a way that it's not for us as Muslims. It's a fear mongering tactic. There's no there's there's no worries about Sharia law. Well, you know who's using that uh, that phrase more often than one side or the other is the Republican side, the Trump side. Yeah, they're using that. You expect that? Yeah. Right. I yeah, hear I you mean, know we don't so, want yeah. immigrants because they're going to implement, implement Sharia, yeah, Sharia law. law. Like, yeah. like that's ridiculous. Like, you, uh, uh, Americans. No, they don't. No, they're not. At, they're not saying they don't want the immigrants. They're just saying they're asking the Taliban if the Taliban is going to. Um, and I'm saying it wrong, Taliban. The Taliban, Taliban yeah. if, they're, uh, if they're going to go back to the way that it was, which, which was with the way that it seems like it's going, which is like marrying uh, young girls to guys and, you know, older guys. The so answer is correct, like, yes. They're going to make Afghanistan a new Taliban. They're going to take Afghanistan back to what it was pre-9-11. Right. Yeah. Everything that Afghanistan was when the Taliban came in in 1996 to 2001, that's what it's going back to, okay? So we have, we have minority groups in Afghanistan that are at threat, okay? We have Hazaras. Hazaras yeah. is a marginalized minority group in Afghanistan. The Taliban are targeting Hazaras. Yeah. We have, Afghanistan has Hin, Hindu Sikhs. Afghans, Sikhs. Jew, Jewish Afghans, Sikh Afghans, they're all at threat. Yeah. 
okay? They're all a threat. The Taliban are imposing their own extreme ideology and using Islam as a way to justify it. But let me tell you something. The Taliban are drug dealers. That, the opium, that's how they fund, that's how they fund their, their, um, their, uh, their operations. Their, uh, uh, where, their, their, their operations. operations. Yeah, where, where does that money go? Does that go to China? Because I know China has a big opium trade. China's, there's not a lot of opium China's here in the USA. At, there's just not. There is, but there's not as much, I don't think. It's not as prevalent. You, you didn't just go through an opioid epidemic in, in the uh, opioid, early 2000s? Is that the same thing as opium? I think opioid, opi, how do you it's say a derivative. it? Opioid. It, it's, a, it's a derivative. Yeah. Mm, but I it think that also the, includes pharmaceutical, like Xanax correct. and other yeah, things yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's not the same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Opioids. No, opium is the raw product that you grow. Yes. Okay, so opium goes into sleep medications yes. like uh, Xanax yeah. and things like that. Okay, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. It's Correct. when it's yeah yeah. So you treat opium, pure opium, and then you treat it and you create byproducts which are then used in the pharmaceuticals and all these other industries. Correct. Oh, so see that's it, so I didn't know know that. See that's yeah. where big pharma comes in, big tech comes in. The whole world is run by all these corporations. Do we, Can we really, let me ask you this, both of you guys, for real, I want you both to answer. Yeah. Is there really anything anybody can do? I mean, come on, it's all being already controlled. I mean, I think that the presidents are just puppets. These people- You're talking about the situation the in, just in, in Afghanistan? The situation anywhere. Is there really anything we can do, really? The legend- just dismantle the democratic no. system. Let's just get rid of the uh, Republicans and Democrats since we can't since we can't do anything, Josh. No, I'm not. I'm just asking you: Is there anything we can do? I, I, you Absolutely. Know, what? Have you guys taken any political science courses in university Absolutely. or else? Yeah. No. Do you know about not. a thing? A person called Thomas Hobbes. Thomas Hobbes. Yes. You know Leviathan? Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah. So if I tell you the word sovereign, you know what that means? Yes. Independent so state. do you think that does that have something of a solution to offer in what the world is going through right now? And I am not going to misquote myself. So I'm going to bring out on my phone what Thomas Hobbes exactly said. And then maybe we can analyze um, whether that particular thing can be applied to today's world as well. Asmir, was I right? Was does sovereign mean an independent uh, country? Self-governing, self-governing, self-governing. self-governing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, it's, so my my the, the what I'm pointing at is, if we if if we make Afghanistan like if every country works together to change the status of Afghanistan to a sovereign nation, you know, do you think that could help? That's what I'm trying to say. The the the, the geopolitical problem is that. You know, we don't work like that anymore. Yeah. Afghanistan, you know, uh, this is the part I didn't tell you. The Doha yeah. agreement that Donald yeah. Trump made with the Taliban was yeah. supported by Pakistan, China, Russia, and the United Nations. Okay. Okay. So I want you to think about that. All of those parties, all of those groups had a vested interest in empowering the Taliban to take over Afghanistan, right? They all had an invest, a vested interest. Okay. I didn't know that. But why would they have that? Well, I, 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 like I told you before, I mean, Afghanistan is an untapped market of resources, an okay. untapped market. There are- well, It seems like it's already been tapped into. 
<laughs> and, and that's already been going. But they just want to keep tapping into it is what you're trying to say. Well, they've tapped into the OPM. They've tapped yeah. into the uh, saffron, for example. Yeah. But Afghanistan has an untapped uh, mineral supply, right? And the J- Japan, J- uh, not Japan, China's just waiting for this to simmer down before they start negotiating with the Taliban. So yeah. you're basically funding terrorists. It's, and, yeah. China is not very friendly with Muslims either. I don't know, Josh, if you know this, but Correct. the case of Uyghur, Uyghur Muslims, do you know about that? I, think, no, I, I hope don't I'm know cr- about I'm that. Pronouncing I, it correctly. Uyghur, uh, yeah, Uyghur. Uyghur, yeah, Uyghur. Uyghur. Oh, yes. no, that's too close to the other word that we're not allowed to say here in America. But here's the thing. They're also, you're right about the terrorist thing. They're also not very fond of North Korean people, China. Like North Korea is, and then if, if China takes, so China has control of North Korea, right? South Korea is its own independent sovereign nation, correct? Correct. Am I wrong? Correct. And then, so China kind of is, the reason North Korea remains North Korea is because China is the major force there. If Afghanistan goes, what does that mean? If Afghanistan goes to China, what does that mean for for the USA? Number one, probably it, it, it the the whole shift of power goes to that area, and Russia is so, going to jump so, in too. So one of the things we 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 know about China, just based on how they've been dealing with uh, African countries, is that China is not interested in the politics of a country. They just want the resources. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they don't want to touch the politics. They just want to yeah. come in and they want to take the resources. So that's the, the, so the Taliban are a perfect, perfect partner for China. Now, yeah. here's the one part we also didn't talk about. The Afghan yeah. government that was in power yeah. was corrupt. The, the leader right. ran away, right? The leader ran away. He was ex- yeah. extremely corrupt. But, but you have to understand, how can you, how can you have democratic uh, elections that benefit the people in, in wartime? Yeah, right? and how many, how many of his army ran away with him? I don't know how many ran away, but he, he ran away and he got, he got um, um, amnesty in, uh, in uh, United Arab Emirates. I know he personally did, but how, ma- how many of his... Uh, his army dissipated from that because there was 300,000 Taliban. Am I incorrect in those numbers? I think that's the number. No, 300,000 Afghan soldiers. There were 300 And how many many Taliban Taliban soldiers? That number, who knows? Who knows that number? More? Less? The same? The the Taliban have an uh, untapped number of Soldiers. How many Afghan soldiers of the 300,000 that you know of switched to the Taliban just so they wouldn't get murdered? I don't know. I don't know. I, all, so that's all an I unresolved know, number because obviously there, yeah, this supposed to happen of, very quickly, very swiftly. People very give quickly. in. That's what you're trying to say, right? People convert and they give in just because they want to avoid danger. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying, but I don't know. Yeah. I, it, none of that has been reported on. I'm just trying to find out. I think the situation is so chaotic at the moment. And as Ajmer said, it is still in the early ages. The ramifications have just about to start. So I think it's the uh, coming couple of weeks, we're going to get more data on that. But one question which I wanted to ask Ajmer is, how has this changed your general perception of Taliban, of what it was before and how it is now as an Afghani? 
you know, as, as opposed um, to from Afghanistan. My, my feelings towards the Taliban have never changed. They are, they are, they are, they are who they've always been. They're just running a very, very calculated PR campaign now. They're having okay. press conferences. They're making, they're making promises that they're not able to keep. The, 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 the Taliban are not Afghan. This is the one thing I want your audience to know. Yeah. Taliban are not Afghan. Yes. The Af- Af- Afghanistan, you have to understand, has never attacked another country. Has never attacked another country. We've never attacked any other country. Yeah. Afghans are, are inherently peaceful people. We've always been attacked. There's been two, there's been two wars with the British. There's been the, the war with the Soviet. And then the Taliban came in. And then the United States came in. And now we're back to the Taliban. Like, we are not left to our own. And, and, there, and I understand when you look around, when you see who's, who's bordering us, all these countries have a vested interest in Afghanistan yeah. for their own personal gain. Yeah, uh, even yeah. Balochistan was was a conflict. Uh, I think five to six years back it's, as well with Pakistan. I think it's unbelievably heartbreaking what's happening. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm numb. I'm I'm numb. Like, yeah. and if you asked Afghans six weeks ago, yeah. they they would have told you this was going to happen. But somehow your president uh, has been blindsided by this. This is this this is remarkably uh, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I agree with that. I have to take a, a quick potty break. Uh, Ashmere, I can barely even see you anymore. You're like a shadow. Well, I got to turn on my lights. There. Give me yeah, a second. Turn on. turn on my lights. Sorry. And then, mind. yeah, just off the record, the reason I asked that question, Ashmere, is because I don't know if you know any Taliban, Talibani, I don't know how to call them, people there in Canada. And have you heard their opposing comments or what they are saying due to the situation? I don't know any, I don't know any Taliban supporters personally. Right. And, and like our 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 ideologies don't align, so I wouldn't know any Taliban's to begin with. Right. Yeah. Because I haven't heard any like. Of course, people are supporting Afghanistan like they should and everything. But I also haven't heard anybody countering that. Do you think that's a good sign that people are actually unanimously agreeing that Afghanistan is in danger and we need to do something about it? That's a good start. Yeah, but we have to see, is it is it lip service or is something meaningful going to come out of this? Right. All right. This is this is this is the concern that yeah. what, what what you know I, I'm I, you know, as an American, one theory I've been hearing is that you know, if this gets really bad, America has to go back in. Yeah. Right? They might have to go back in because <laughs> Taliban running Afghanistan is a threat to everyone's, the world's safety. Exactly. Exactly. Remember how 9-11 first began? They welcomed Al-Qaeda, right? They welcomed Al-Qaeda into Afghanistan. Who's to say they're not going to welcome Al-Qaeda or ISIS? Or even uh, another new terrorist organization. Or another organization, exactly. Yeah. It's like a platter served on a hot plate, pretty much. Correct. And so this is where it's really, really concerning right now. Um, what's, what's, uh, what's going to happen? Nobody knows. Right. Yeah. See, I just want to say that, uh, I know it's been hard and I know I, I can't guarantee that, um, the, the coming couple of days will be any better, but, um, just as much as, you know, like as much as we can help to spread 
your voice to amplify it or the people in your community. Like Josh has his own platform. I have my own platform. I also write articles. Um, I do podcasting. I make videos. And right now, all my focus is on because I have so many Afghani friends, man. Like, and all of them are just like you. Like in despair, frustrated, not sure what's going to happen. People are family. I'm yeah. a, a massive fan of cricket as well because I, I kind of grew up in the UK. Yeah. I grew up with Afghanistan, Afghanistan, people in the UK as well. Yeah. I'm a massive fan of cricket and the Afghanistan cricket team, mm-hmm. their players who are in England right now, they can't go home. They can't get their families out of Afghanistan yeah. to come to England. They can't do that. And it's, it's heart-wrenching. So what I'm saying is, in any way we can amplify your voice, whether it's through donations, through UNICEF or anything that they're doing, let us know. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And the fact that you have me on to actually have this conversation is more than what most media outlets are doing right now. Yep. And right, the, the, the key thing is right now is to get the right and accurate information out yeah. to the most people as possible. So as a public, you're informed. You're informed accurately with what's really happening and yeah. the circumstances that brought us to this situation yeah. so we can avoid history from repeating itself. Exactly. Right? We can avoid history from repeating itself. What's happening right now? Uh, it's 1989, mm-hmm. right? America and the world forgot about Afghanistan. The Taliban came in, took over. 9-11 happened. Right now, the world forgot about Afghanistan. The Taliban has come over. Let's hope there's not another so it's, uh, disaster that comes from this. Yeah. It's time for Afghanistan to stop being a playground. You know, A hundred percent. It's long overdue. It's long overdue. I'm 40. I'm turning 40 this year. I've never stepped foot in Afghanistan. I've never gone back. When I left, I've never gone back. You That's, left at two years, right? You said you were I, I No, I left old. when I was five years old. Four or five, five years old. Years old. I've never stepped foot. Afghanistan hasn't had one peaceful day in my entire life. In my entire life. I don't know how many countries that are like that right now. And that should be deeply concerning for every citizen of the world. Every citizen of the world. Yeah. This should be... No, you you couldn't say that any better or any more. And I agree. We... the, The... the countries that have had an easy lifestyle have uh, really ignored the rest of the world that, and it's not necessarily the, the, the regular people's fault because they're just be they're just following what the leaders say. And I mean, we're not really in charge of anything. I think, yeah. you know, uh, like North Korea is one of those places that a Holocaust is literally happening right now. Afghanistan is another are area where refugees Yemen. are People don't even know about Yemen. Exactly. You know? People don't yeah. even know where Yemen is, or Yemen is a country. But yeah. there's a war going on in Yemen as we speak. There are Yemen, people dying Syria. as we speak. You know, Syria, there we go. Yeah, Children so, gone missing. And in Afghanistan, I was literally looking like there's a small girl separated from her family. No, just, just imagine how many little, like, just boys and girls are roaming around the streets. They have no idea what's going on. They're seeing people with guns, and they're going to grow up in that environment. You know, how can you live with a picture like that in mind? And there are people who are not only thinking that, who are not only imagining that, but actually living in those circumstances. So I think Ajmer is right. We need to stop. We need to put a full stop on whose fault is it and actually come together and do something as a community. But the only way to do that is to talk about it and to have exactly. difficult discussions. To have, to have difficult you know? discussions. And I think, yeah. we, I think Ajmer, if you, if you don't mind, as this story unfolds, 
Just one. If you don't mind, like we we make a segment of this show where you keep coming on. And here's here's what I would rather, to be honest with you. I think you need to be or somebody, a spokesperson out there, and who more passionate that we know that could put somebody out there, you know, out into the mainstream media or into these other media outlets that are like on YouTube. Like one media outlet that I've been listening to a lot who I feel like is a very reputable source. They, they kind of try to tell the truth for the most part, but I've only been listening to them for about uh, two weeks now is uh, Crystal and Sagar, the, the, the show is called Breaking Points. And it's just on YouTube, uh, but they've been on the Joe Rogan podcast and other podcasts that that actual show is an actual podcast. Would you be okay if we sent a clip of, you know, we could send it to you first. This is off the record. No, but we could send the clip over there. And would you be comfortable, you know, voicing your opinion on that, on, on that particular show? A hundred percent. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm deeply passionate about human rights. If, if any of your audience, you know, just look me up on Instagram, Ajmer81, just look at anything I've ever posted, you know, yeah. I, I'm very, very deeply passionate about human rights and, you know, a hundred percent. But I'm going to tell you this: I don't think yeah. I don't think mainstream media wants people like me on their news. Well, well, this isn't mainstream media. This, this is we're not even kidding about mainstream media. Exactly. Well, oh yeah, podcasts for sure. But I think for the most part, yeah. traditional media. Yeah. Having me debunks their their frame narrative that they're spewing around the world right no i i agree with that and, right and mainstream media is just controlled by big money whoever has the most money yeah. controls the narrative of whatever's being told but this particular podcast i think it's called breaking points and i the only reason i want to bring it up is because i've been listening to it a lot and i think that uh you know they they tell the news but they tell the news in a very uh objective way they're they're not pushed by any narrative or another so yeah a hundred percent yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. i'm i'm yeah i'm very comfortable with that and another yeah. thing too, and not, go ahead like like i told you you know i'm i'm very involved in in having these conversations uh i'm i'm like i'm i'm writing about it i'm trying to find other ways of you know informing the public but also having these meaningful conversations uh, about this because you know like i post something on tiktok and i get like 600 messages of people you know saying things that are inaccurate but the fact that they're saying it means that they're open to the conversation which is very important right this is very important i don't expect everyone to understand what's going on but the least we can do is listen to those who are experiencing it just listening is so powerful so powerful just listening i i agree with that and then also the message kind of like a wave in the ocean if it goes away quickly if this story comes and goes and then everybody just forgets about it then it has a better opportunity of repeating again just like you said in 1989 but if the wave builds into a tidal wave because we constantly keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and more and more people talk about it then you can actually have a tidal wave that maybe breaks down the wall that needs to be broken down in order for 
you know, Afghanistan to become a sovereign nation if that's the ultimate goal. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm very open and I do. I, I was telling Jag while you were uh, in the loo, as they, as they like to <laughs> we're say. We're going to edit that out. <laughs> in Burton. Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciate you, you know, reaching out and uh, having this conversation because this this uh, this conversation is not an easy conversation no. to have. And I know and I know for for many Americans, this is maybe the first time you're hearing about how American foreign policy impacts, you know, impacts uh, the circumstances that Afghans are in today. And that, yeah. that's for, for many, that might be really hard to hear and it might be the first time, but I do appreciate that they're listening. Yeah. They're